What's up, guys? This is Wes with Sin City Tactical. Welcome to the Sin City Tactical show. I want to thank Griff and Jax for running the show last week when I was unable to join it. Uh, let's bring them in. Jax from Sin City Tactical MN and Griff. What's up, guys? Hey, great to oh, be back. I just lost Jax. Cool. We'll get him back here in a second. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Yeah, fun stuff. Here we go. Hold on. Here he's back. All right. So once again, thank you guys. Shout out to you guys for covering me uh, on the last show. I greatly appreciate it. They almost had to cover me again today. I almost didn't make it, um, but I'm glad to be back. Um, so let's kick things off right away. We're gonna jump right into the Pro 2A News section, and today that is going to be ran. Another, none other than Griff. So let's get that started. I am going to share the screen. Um, Griff, would you like me to do the screen in full Zoom, or would you want to be in the picture with it? Well, let's just pull up the full screen. All right. Let's do that. All right. So if you all want to read along, this is from the Second Amendment Foundation. Second, Second Amendment Foundation sues the BATFE over arm brace APA violations. Out of Bellevue, Washington, the Second Amendment Foundation today filed a lawsuit in federal district court against the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives and the Department of Justice alleging violations of the Administrative uh, pardon me, Procedures Act relating to its flip-flop regulation of arm braces on semi- uh, mag pistols. <laughs> SAF is joined by Rainier Arms LLC and two private citizens, a Mr. Samuel Wally and Mr. William Green. The lawsuit also names acting ATF Director Regina Lombardo and acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen in their official capacities. The lawsuit was filed in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas, Dallas Division. The case is known as SAF at all v. BATFE at all. Quote, there are several issues at play in this case, says SAF founder and executive vice president Alan M. Gottlieb, I believe. It concerns the failure of agencies and its officials to abide by the long-established and congressional mandated rulemaking requirements, threatening rights protected by the Second Amendment. This is especially important to disabled persons because these devices were originally developed to benefit shooters with physical disabilities. We think it is important to file this case now, he continued, because the incoming Biden administration has made it has made no secret it intends to take various regulatory, regulatory actions and issue executive orders directly affecting gun owners. We're putting the new administration on notice. We will be watching their every move where the Second Amendment rights of American citizens are concerned. Plaintiff Wally is a distinguished disabled Army veteran who suffered a traumatic injury while serving in Afghanistan in 2012. He was wounded by an improvised explosive device resulting in partial amputation of his right leg and left arm and a salvaged left leg limb. He uses arm braces to stabilize firearms he shoots recreationally. 
Mr. Green is a police officer who suffered a line-of-duty injury resulting in permanent nerve damage to his right hand. He also uses arm braces to stabilize firearms while he is shooting. With some 2 million arm braces now in common use, Gottlieb observed, BATF can't just regulate an accessory like this and constantly leave people confused. We're asking for the court for an injunction to prevent this sort of thing from happening again. Plaintiffs are represented by attorneys Chad Flores, Hannah Robler, I want to say, and Daniel Nightingale at Beck Redden LLP in Houston, and Matthew Goldstein at Farhang and Medkoff in Tucson. So, hmm. it's good to see that people are starting to take action against these, uh, let's call what it is, BS regulations they're trying to pull. Absolutely. So, um, obviously, I'm a big advocate for braces. I've got two different firearms right here with braces on them. Um, for me, I understand they were designed originally for people with injuries, military vets, things like that. But ultimately, what it comes down to is the ATF is not supposed to be able to regulate accessories. Um, but in the same case, when you look at the situation of pistols as well, speaking on the same topic, you can't mount a vertical foregrip onto a pistol or anything less than 16 inches in length for the barrel um, without it being a felony. But I can mount an angled foregrip to my pistol and be perfectly fine. How are they allowed to just regulate accessories? If my barrel, now mind you, you can see my FDE AR-15 right there. Um, it's an 11 and a half inch barrel with a five inch comp on it. And uh, that puts me over the 16 inches. But because it's not pinned and welded, obviously, now it's still considered a pistol. Um, but shooting something that, well, I mean, look, I'll duck. You can see the rifle right below it, the black one, yep. 16 inch full-sized AR. The one above it looks almost identical in length is a pistol because it's not pinned and welded. And right. to tell me that I can't use a vertical foregrip, which, I mean, I prefer angled foregrips anyways, that's besides the point. The ATF shouldn't be able to regulate accessories. Um, it's unconstitutional. Well, you're speaking a lot on the length of everything. I took a photo sometime back when I was introducing someone into the firearm community and they were asking about laws. I took this photo to demonstrate how ridiculous this is. I took my 11 half inch AR pistol, my Keltec uh, RDB, yeah, the RDB, and the Keltec uh, KSG shotgun, laid them all. Uh, one on top of each other, said, look, these are all exactly the same length. Why can I put vertical foregrips on these two but not on my AR? Or why can't I have a stock on my AR? It's asinine. Yeah. And once again, it all comes back down to the point of, are we seriously debating, does my, sh does my rifle shoot differently 
with a 11 inch barrel or 11 and a half inch barrel compared to a 16 inch barrel no velocity is still basically the same the only time you start really seeing velocity differences is when you start going less than 11 and a half inches am i not able to reach as far because i have an 11 and a half inch barrel no i could still hit far out there am i going to be less accurate farther yes um but ultimately we're talking the the bullet doesn't start tumbling because i have an 11 and a half inch barrel it's not an ak-47 and even with a four inch barrel like you see on the one at the very top can i shoot the distances i can with my 16 inch absolutely not it's not designed for that that's my home defense right. but the bullet still comes out the same way the lower still acts the same way the buffer inside of that pistol tube acts the same way charging handle everything is identical except for the length of the barrel and the gas tube and gas block yeah i've also heard the argument of well it's easier to conceal last time i checked we're not all yao ming size yo who the hell is concealing this you carry it in your pants well if that's the case and i need to be like seven and a half or eight inches taller than i currently am right well real quick what's 5150 thank you for joining in we appreciate you and it looks like leah uh shout out to you guys thank you very much we appreciate it and my cousin jonas awesome jonas works at controlled prey munitions gun store that i work at thank you for joining in we greatly appreciate you and uh i'll make sure to let jonas know that you said hi if you don't reach him uh, before I do. Indeed. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. Uh, I know I had a little bit of technical issues there for a couple of seconds in the first portion of this, but I did want to say it was a pleasure covering last week's show for you. Um, I, I feel like we did pretty good and it seemed like everybody loved it. So let's keep the ball rolling with tonight's show, shall we? Absolutely. Um, did you have any comments on the pistol brace stuff that Griff was going over, Jax? Um, you know, I mean, it with technical issues on my end, I didn't hear everything. But what I will say on that is, obviously, we kind of touched base on what the ATF was originally trying to do with that and them backing off. Um, oh, they're uh, coming. I know they're going to try to come again. I guess only time will tell if they are successful with their overall plan with it. I don't think it's necessary because, and this is something I've been thinking about for a while, and I'll just come out and say it for those of you that are out there that agree with me, great. If not, not a big deal. We can agree to disagree, but it's not guns or firearms that kill people. It's people that kill people. Granted, the situations that firearms are used in, unfortunately, fall into that category. And the media paints it out to be the firearm instead of the actual perpetrator. But when it really comes down to it, whether the weapon has a brace or not, it could be a pistol, it could be you know, a rifle, doesn't matter. It's still a tool 
that is equipped on a person and the person that's behind said firearm system makes the final decision of whether that weapon is being used for good or for bad. So we'll move forward. ATF, they can try. I, I guess we'll find out if they succeed or not. All right. I got something real quick. Um, and I'll leave that topic with this. When you look at your grandfather's rifle for hunting, the bullet is much, much, much bigger. And I want any leftist, Democrat, whatever you want to call it, to show me the statistics where AR-15s have been used in more crimes than a regular handgun. Thank you. Let's yes. move on into the next topic. We're going to get right into uh, that tactical gear review items section and I will start off. I'm going to make myself big real quick. All right. So at control pair munitions, we have the SciTac double magazine, universal uh, double stack magazine holder. Um, it does have a paddle on it. You can also buy the adapter to make it for your belt. This is something that I use every single day that I'm at the gun store. I hold uh, my SIG 320 mags in it. Um, and then, of course, I have my gun on the other side. So very nice to have. It's very comfortable. I personally prefer paddle holsters over um, just like a belt loop holster. I feel like this is going to stay secured better to me, and it doesn't drag my pants down because it has rubber on the inside too, which helps stick. So it's not going to keep pulling my pants down. The uh, 320 mag is pulled 21 rounds each. So just in one double stack mag pouch like this, I'm carrying 42 bullets, which is a lot of weight um, on one side. And they don't move. So very happy to have this. They're like 19 bucks. So check this stuff out. Come down to Control Pair Munitions. We've got a bunch of these in stock. And uh, I am going to turn it over to Jax. Awesome. So last week I did the belly band review. This week I'm going to touch on said other holster that I had picked up along with obviously my uh, cleaning mat and some shoot and see targets. This will be the TAC-X Pro Gear ankle holster. Top band here goes up right roughly under your knee the bottom ring here obviously all velcro that goes down shin area and right now i'm running it for work options unfortunately i can't carry on premises but i do enjoy having my flashlight and my everyday carry knife down there i barely feel it on me and i'm gonna go ahead here real quick and touch base a little bit more on the overall features of this holster so this holster is made to mainly fit subcompact firearms obviously if you're going to ankle carry you don't want anything too heavy so with that being said it is made for subcompact 45 uh, wide ranges of that, including revolver firearms, also Glock 42, 43, 
26, 19, Smith & Wesson MMP Shield. The Bodyguard 380, 38 Ruger, LCP, LC9, and Sig Sauer. It is adjustable, obviously, with it being Velcro, so it is made of a comfort fit neoprene designed for both men and women. The concealed carry leg ankle holsters are made with a breathable, sweat-resistant neoprene, as I've already previously said here. Uh, kind of similar to the inside the waistband mag holder. Neoprene, so it, it's pretty durable. But it is a hook and loop adjustable for added travel and movement comfort, as well as advanced uh, personal protection accessory TACX Pro Gear made the holster to help you protect yourself, family, and your personal property by giving you faster access to your firearm and for improved uh, target acquisition when it matters most. You can definitely carry it on both your right or your left leg. doesn't matter what hand you shoot with. It'll fit. And starting price uh, through TACX, I believe, but it is up on Amazon too. So starting price for this is about $19.97. For a ankle carry holster, I definitely feel like it's something worth investing in for a different way of concealed carrying. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people carry appendix or at the three, four, or six o'clock position, but nobody really ever truly thinks about the ankle carry until they actually have to. Um, but I do recommend even if you're not going to carry your firearm in it, picking it up and using it as a spare part carrier. It's comfortable. You barely feel it or barely even notice it. So before we move forward here, though, to Griff, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Rob. So to HVAC guy and Patriot Gaming. What's up, guys? It's going good. Thank you guys for joining our live stream, and we'll get the ball rolling with Griff. All right. For this, for this week's tech gear item, I have with us the Dark Angel Medical Dark Slim IFAC. It's my personal IFAC I carry with me. This is the Direct Action Response Kit. Unfortunately, a little pricey, 203 bucks. But there are six different levels of kit. Comes in six, six colors. And the basic kit comes with a halo seal, hemostat gauze, emergency bandage, compressed gauze, a pair of nitrile gloves, a mylar blanket, and a polycarbonate uh, face shield. Uh, sorry, eye shield. Now, Dark Angel Medical is a veteran-owned and operated company. Uh, everything is completely made here in the USA. They also offer training classes, and these people are also practitioners in the field, so they know what they're talking about. But the thing I love best about Dark Angel Medical is they have what's called the kit for life. So if I ever have to use this, all I have to do is submit proof that I've used this to save someone's life, such as like a affidavit from the doctor or whatever. And they will resupply my kit completely free of charge. Not even shipping. I I know many people that carry these dark kits and other things made by Dark Angel Medical. 
And honestly, for a off-the-shelf type of IFAC, I haven't found a better option. These guys are just awesome. So, question. You said <laughs> if you use your kit, they're going to replenish the supplies free of charge. Completely pro bono. You don't even have to pay shipping. What? Yep. All you have to do is... Uh, yep, everything. So, you know, let's say Jackson and I are out. I use this kit to uh, turn kit the arm that got blown off for some reason. Uh, we get him to the hospital, and I say, hey, Dr. Smith, can you... Uh, just type up a quick report for this so I can get, you know, my kit uh, replenished. No problem. I take that, send it out to Dark Angel Medical, and within a few days, this bad boy gets refilled. I only have one thing to say on that. I don't know why I didn't go your route with the IFEC. I do think the IFEC that I have is pretty reasonable and doable for replacing on my ends. I'd have to look more into it to see if uh, the company that makes mine replaces it. But for your situation, that's awesome. Um, there's not many people out there that make IFACs that I know that'll replace it if you have a usage of it. So, And I do want to quickly cover the one thing I forgot to cover in my synopsis. So you have these nice big pull tabs on top. Pull that. Secondary pull tab. Yank this guy and everything ejects out in a nice little package. So you don't have wow. to uh, shuffle through things. That's awesome. And it, that's Molly on the back I saw, right? Correct. Everything's Molly, so you can set it up similar to this if you want to run it on your belt, stitch it into your Molly. I personally keep this on my war belt myself. That's awesome. I like it. I like it. I think that's uh, a good amount of stuff. You guys saw some mag holders, some IFACs, uh, cleaning mats, and, and different various items there. Looked like we had a thigh rig going um, or ankle holster, which is awesome. There's plenty of different ways to carry. Um, the main point that we're trying to give you is carry, right? Yeah. One thing I'll say on that is the left they're preaching, wear a mask. Got to wear a mask everywhere you go. Got to wear a mask. Even if you feel like you don't need it, you need, to, you need to have that mask and wear it. So just like a gun, right? I may never need it, but I should have it. Hmm. It's funny how that works. Yeah, everything's right. an uh, insurance policy. Right. Exactly. It's an insurance policy. That's exactly what it is. I refuse to be a victim. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right, let's yep. move right into oh, – oh, go ahead. I do have just one quick couple-second rebuttal here to that. I was watching some videos earlier in the week. It's kind of like the carrying without a round in the chamber kind of thing. If you're going to carry, for the love of God, please carry with a round in the chamber. You can't draw, rack the slide, get around in the chamber, on target, and fire around quicker – to save your life than with it already preloaded. So it's all about preparation. And yes, we've had different tactical gear items. I do have a actual thigh rig 
which we will talk about in a future episode. Me too. So we might have to collab on who's got the better thigh rig. Indeed. See what happens. Uh, you got one too, Griff? I do. Oh, no. All right. Well, I'm going to have to buy a new one before we do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, audience voting when it comes to that on who has a better thigh rig. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to bring my game. We'll set that for two weeks from today's show. So not next week. Yes, the following sir. week, there will be a competition. And what I'd like to see from you guys, the uh, the audience that's out there, you're going to vote. The person with the most votes is going to have their own personalized discount code for the website. Then they will pick one person out of the commenters to receive that discount code. So that'll be the uh, the reward there. So if you like Griff's thigh rig better and uh, he ends up winning the competition, Griff will then select one person out of that week's show to uh, give a personalized discount code to to be used on our website. Speaking of the website, there's a bunch of new stuff on there. SinCityTacticalNV.com or SinCityTacticalMN.xyz will take you to either the Minnesota Division page or the Sin City Tactical homepage. There's some surprises on there now, which uh, we will be showing a little bit later. It's not fully up yet, but uh, we'll get into that once we get to the shout-outs segment. So stay tuned for that. But be ready for that competition. Yes, sir. And I do want to say what's up to G3. Thank you for watching, brother, and let's move forward. Absolutely. Moving right into Red Button News with Jax. Indeed. So for this week's Red Button News article, go ahead and just start off by saying usually the last couple of weeks here I've done more heavier topics but for this week let's go with something a little light and almost comical all right um just because it's it's been a lot so we're gonna go ahead and jump into u.s president joe biden now everybody knows uh when trump was in office he had his red button that was on his desk that also involved the candidate coke being brought so let's see here joe biden has assumed change as the 46th president of the united states and on the very first day he reversed the outgoing president trump's policies on immigration uh, environment economy and the fighting a COVID-19 pandemic. He's also turned around the look of the Oval Office with one uh, amusing change observed by the broadcaster Tom Newton Dunn, the removal of the Diet Coke button. Well, that was I don't fun. know if we can go further. Not sure if we can go, go further down into it, but just look at that face for a minute. I was going to say, I think that's it. 
Oh, read more. Give me a second. There you and go. There, there was more, but let's see. Don said when he interviewed former President Donald Trump at the White House with another journalist, his desk had a peculiar little red button. Eventually, he realized that when Trump pressed the button, a butler would eventually bring him a Diet Coke on a silver platter. Don took to Twitter, of course, saying that there's that and now, and posted two images of when Biden got into office and removed the red button versus Trump having it in office. His caption read, President Biden has removed the Diet Coke button when at Shippers Unbounden, I interviewed Donald Trump in 2019. We became fascinated by what the little red button did. Eventually, Trump pressed it and a butler swiftly brought a Diet Coke on a silver platter. It's gone now. After Dunn shared the news, the tweet instantly went viral and managed to garner more than 116.5 thousand likes and over 23.4 thousand retweets at the time of the writing. Now, several uh, Nitsons took to comments. What's up? I was saying Nitsons. I was helping you with the word. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. However you pronounce that word anyways, took to comments section to express their views on this change. Here are some hilarious reactions to the tweet. President Biden has removed the Diet Coke button when at Shipper Unbound and I interviewed Donald Trump in 2019. We became fascinated by what the little red button did. Eventually Trump pressed it. And a butler swiftly brought in a Diet Coke and a silver platter. It's gone now. So as you can see, those pictures are from when Trump was in office with the red button compared to Biden. And we move further on down the comments. Tom Newton Dunn, he got the first one, then asked us if we'd like one too. We said yes, please. I would assume Trump pressed the button for them as well. More importantly, did Trump's Coke button get deactivated at midday yesterday, too, along with his other red button? Trump took to the red or Trump took the red button with him. He thinks it will work if he just puts it on his desks at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> so obviously I kind of went with a little bit more of a lighthearted joking on this week. I don't know. What do you guys think about the red button for Diet Coke being gone? Well, I just want to, well, real quick, uh, Mr. James, any 9 mil available? I wish I could tell you it was. If you know a supply, please let me know. Anyways, if, uh, or, pardon me, I'm going to spin this the way the media likes to spin it. Well, that just tells me that Joe Biden does want to be healthy. You know, he wants to drink this sugar-laden regular Coke. Uh, how despicable is ah. that? Excuse you. Excuse you. Don't hey, talk life crap choices. Life hey. choices, man. They're all, they're all our own. We're not going there. That's all I'm going to say. 
Yeah, I just chugged a whole can of sweet tea. I'm not much better. Right. So yeah, uh, I've been sipping on Milwaukee's best, but we'll move forward. I uh, I need one of those red buttons. Hell yeah. Them. I'm gonna find a way to wire that into uh like one of the Alexas or something. Hit the I mean, thing, you know, that that's the way to do it. I'd like but, a uh, like a blue button for RC Cola. It'd be great. And uh Mr. James Revac, just to answer your question real quick. Um, I will be at the gun shop tomorrow. If we got some, I will send you a direct message and let you know. That's All awesome. right. We're moving on. We're going to move right into the CLS training. And for G3 out there, it is combat lightsaber training. <laughs> um, so we do have a scoreboard now. And G3 is included on this, so his typed-in answer, if you are still out there watching, will be totaled into this. So, let me go ahead and, and pull that up on my end, just so I can update it and keep track of score. All right. That's up. Now, for this week, I know... I kind of did a little bit of a rundown with Griff last Saturday show. So I'm going to go ahead here and look up the first question for you, Wes. Why me? Why me first? Because you weren't here last week. All right, fine. <laughs> fine. Go ahead. So let's see here. I'll go with question eight. G3 did just comment in. He said, I'm here just cutting leather and listening in. Roger. I'll have a question for you, G3, after uh, Griff. So a casualty is lying very still. He does not respond to any of your questions or commands. He does show a reaction when you rub his breastbone briskly with your knuckle. How should you classify the AVPU scale? A being alert here. And I, I suppose I, I should give you the rundown of this. So let's see. We're going to go paragraph 2-5. So A, the casualty is alert. Know who he is, the date, and where he is. B, the casualty is not alert, but responds to verbal commands. C, which is P for Papa, the casualty responds to pain, but not verbal commands. D, U, for uniform, the casualty is unresponsive. So, it's your P. options here are A is an alpha, B as in Bravo, which the answer for that would be V as in Victor. C, Papa, or D, Uniform. C, Papa. Because he wasn't responsive to verbal commands. Couldn't tell me anything because he wasn't responding that way. But if I briskly massaged his breastplate with my knuckle 
and reacted to that. He's responsive to pain, but not verbal commands, and he's non-responsive in communication. So, C, Papa. C, Papa would be correct. Boom. Give him my point. I did. It did an update on your end. I'm refreshing now. Boom. Look at it. I even got a gold trophy. You see that, Griff? You ain't got a gold trophy. <laughs> Not yet. All right. Awesome. So for Griff, your question to start this off. Let's see here. Question number six, which would be paragraph two, four D. So I'm going to give you some context here. So two, four, if you determine that you can provide assistance to the casualty under enemy fire, Take the following actions before approaching a casualty on the battlefield and remember to protect yourself. A. Scan the area for, for potential danger. Number one, survey the area for small arms fire. Number two, survey the area for fire or explosive devices. Three, determine threat for chemical or biological agents, which uh, that's basically seaburn. Four, survey buildings, if any, for structural stability. Now, the question for you under all of this after the context is you have come under enemy fire. You and another soldier have taken cover together. The other soldier has a severe bleeding wound to his arm. You can administer treatment without endangering the mission or yourself. What treatment should you administer? Just an open-ended question. No yep. multiple choice. Nope. It's looking for a very specific answer. Well, what the hell? Now I feel like this is rigged. Would you I like? Feel like it's rigged too. He he needs a multiple choice. Yeah, what the? Okay, heck? I'll, I'll give him a multiple choice. Look, I want to win, but I don't want to win under those circumstances. Uh, I'll, oh, okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll give him the next question. So where, um, where's my fancy pen for taking essays? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Let's see. 24C and 25A. So, providing care under fire. If the casualty cannot move himself to a place of safety and the combat situation allows you to safely assist the casualty, quickly evaluate the casualty, control any life-threatening bleeding from the extremities, and move the casualty and yourself to a safe location. Now, 24C, they want me to read you, says, upon reaching the casualty... Determine his responsiveness. Now, 2-5 below, it says you may need to wait until you can safely provide tactical field care to fully perform this procedure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, that's background context. Question number seven. 
asks. You are going multiple choice. It is. Question number seven asks, if you are going to the aid of an injured soldier while under fire, what should be your first action upon reaching the soldier? Alpha. Check the soldier for responsiveness. Bravo. Check the soldier's pulse. Charlie. Check the soldier for breathing. Or Delta. Check the soldier for shock. Alpha. Check for response. You would be correct on that as well. Never mind. Give them open-ended questions. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we are now tied at one and one. Oh, now he's got a gold trophy. No. No. He didn't answer the first question. He gets half a point. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't give trophy. half a point. No, make it a silver trophy. You don't get a gold one. Unfortunately, I can't do do that either. I'll give oh, you uh, I'll give you both two throughout the CLS portion for a definitive winner of this week. But G 3s question. Wait, let's see here. Come out real quick. If we're gonna make this a competition, and you're the host of the competition, G three is involved in this as well. How long is this competition running? And what are the consequences for coming in last? And what is the reward for coming in first? Okay. For me, it's if I win, I'm already going to pick Griff is going to have to wear something that I choose. Make sure it has frills on it. Fair. Dude. I'm getting two twos. <laughs> okay, so to answer that question, we are going to go to the end of season two with this. Oh, you're making it big. All right. So we have, I believe, about 15 weeks left of this before season two ends. For a final score. Ooh. Two questions a week for each person. And the winner gets to pick the punishment for the loser. <laughs> if I win, Griff is shaving that beard. Oh, no, that's just wrong. Oh, it's odd, bro. 15 weeks, <laughs> hey. you gotta grow it. I, I tell well, you what, well, in that I case, if I'm winning, situation too, but uh, you know, that's I'm the case. Kind if of I win, you're kicking your dog. What <laughs> there. That seems pretty even. No, what'd you say? Something dog. So, yeah, if I win, you're kicking your dog. No, that's animal cruelty, sir. And this is beard abuse. True, true. Anyways, right. let, let's keep rolling. Yeah. All right. Anyway, to finish that, the winner gets to pick the loser's punishment, and it goes to the end of season two. And then we will start a new round in season three. So for G3's question, we're going to go to section two, three. And I'm going to read you the context. And then it says I need to read you two, three, section B. So two three. 
Action before approaching the casualty. Bravo. Determine the best route of access to the casualty and the best route of egress. If you need to move the casualty to a safer area, be sure to select an area that provides optimum cover and concealment. Plan your evacuation route prior to exposing yourself to possible hostile fire. Now, let me flip through here and get back to it. Question 10. All right. So question 10. When should you plan how to move a wounded soldier out of enemy fire? Alpha, before you leave your place of safety to go to the wounded soldier. Bravo, as soon as you reach the wounded soldier. Charlie, as soon as you have treated the life-threatening conditions. Or Delta, as soon as you have treated all of the casualties injuries. So we shall wait on G3's uh, message and response here for that one. And as we wait on that, I will get Wes's second question prepared. Yeah, you do that. And don't give me no super hard one either. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, I'll give you a common sense one, okay? Keep it all common sense. Oh, no, we, we ain't got no common sense around anymore. <laughs> G3 says, if I fly in with a jetpack and kill everyone in sight. Now, as fun as that would sound, brother, that's unfortunately not the right answer, but he did comment in with a realistic answer here of D Delta. And unfortunately, brother, the correct answer would be Alpha. You want to go ahead and before you leave your place of safety, go to the wounded soldier. So we're going to go ahead and set the score here. And yes, there can be negative. Negative? Yes. <laughs> So he's minus a point. point. Yep. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Go ahead and refresh. <laughs> it's rigged, he says. I'm starting to think he is trying to rig this. First an exam question, now this. All right, exactly. <laughs> okay. think it's rigged. No, I didn't say that. Be nice to me. Give me an easy one. <laughs> fine. Fine. Paragraph two, two. So I'm going to read you some context here. Paragraph two, two. All right. And I'll read you the entire context before the question. <laughs> NG3, I know you need points, brother, but you still have the rest. Did you get those, these questions from Hillary Clinton? No, the emails got lost in transit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
But um, yeah, I get you need points, but you got the rest of the the show and the season to catch up. Anywho, section two two actions under fire. When you are under effective hostile fire and see a wounded soldier who is also under enemy fire, you should do the following. A, take cover and return fire. B, suppress enemy fire, reducing enemy fire, and be more important to the casualty survival than any immediate treatment you can provide. C, try to keep casualty from sustaining any additional wounds. D, director expect the casualty to remain engaged as a combatant. E, try to determine if the casualty is alive. F, if the casualty can function, direct him to cover, return fire, and administer self-aid. G, if the soldier has suffered an amputation or is seriously bleeding from an extremity, direct him to apply the cat tourniquet from his IFAC over his uniform and above the wound. H, if the casualty is unable to return fire or remove or move to safety and you cannot assist him, tell the casualty to play dead. I, communicate the situation to your unit leader. Now, the question for... Time out. No, time out. You better have a 9,000 answer question for Griff. You ain't going to give me A through Z answer choices. <laughs> you said give me an easy one, and that, to me it is. Repeat the question. First. Okay, so question number two. For the actual question portion of this, after the context, that your unit is in ground combat. You see a soldier fall as though he had been shot. Your primary duty is to alpha, continue firing at the enemy, or bravo, stop firing and go to the fallen soldier. Am I the medic? You are the combat lightsaber. I'm the combat lightsaber. It says this in the question. Ultimately, you're the only one that can provide aid. You said I'm in a unit. Doesn't sound like I'm the only one. Give me my answer choices again. Alpha, continue firing at the enemy. Or Bravo, stop firing and go to the fallen soldier. This is rigged. All right, no. give me a second. It's not rigged. You said I'm in a unit. We're all fighting. Yes, your unit is in ground combat. You, you, yeah. see a soldier fall as though he had been shot. Your primary duty is to, A, continue firing at the enemy, or B, stop firing and go to the fallen soldier. Bravo. If I'm the medic and I'm in a ground fire, my team should be backing me up, suppressing fire. I need to get to my guy, pull him to safety, administer first aid. Yes, you would be correct. Man, I was about to fall asleep there. Bravo was the correct answer. Look, Griff, you don't have a trophy anymore. Just saying. Not yet. Just so you're aware. 
So Griff's second question here. We're going to go ahead and go to paragraph 2.5 for context. Checking the casualty for responsiveness. Note, you may need to wait until you can safely provide tactical field care to fully perform this procedure. Okay, so 2.4C and 2.4A. So 2.4 alpha is upon reaching the casualty, check the casualty for responsiveness. Ask in a loud but calm voice, are you okay? Gently shake or tap the casualty on the shoulder. If the casualty is conscious, ask where it hurts or where his body feels different from usual. This helps determine the level of consciousness and provides you with information that can be used when treating the casualty. Ask the casualty questions to, to determine the level of consciousness. Ask the casualty questions that require more than a yes or no answer. Examples of such questions are, what is your name? What is the date? And where are we? Number one, the AP or AVPU scale is used in determining the casual casualties level of consciousness. The four levels obviously are alert, verbal, pain, and unresponsiveness. The following are some guidelines to use when assessing the casualties level of consciousness. The casualty who is yelling at you telling you where the enemy fire is coming from or performing similar actions is alert. If the casualty is alert or responds to your voice, do not check the casualty's response to pain. To check a casualty's response to pain, rub his breastbone, sternum briskly with your knuckle. Now, question number seven says, you are going to the aid of an injured soldier while under fire. What should be your first action upon reaching the soldier? Alpha. Check the soldier for responsiveness. Bravo. Check the soldier's pulse. Charlie. Check the soldier for breathing. Or Delta. Check the soldier for shock. Was this my last question? Was it? I could swear this was my last question. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. What I was about to say. Yeah, no, he's right. I meant to ask him question eight from that. It's rigged. He's trying it's to give you the out. same question. He's trying to tie it up. He's cheating. No. Collusion. No. Collusion. Question eight. Or, no. No. You Democrat. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. <laughs> you leftist. Yeah, I love you too. Anyway, the voting falls under the same category then. Okay. You are determining the casualty's level of responsiveness. The casualty tells you that he has been shot in his leg and that the and that he is in pain. How should you classify the casualty on the AVPU scale? Alpha, Alpha, Bravo, Victor, Charlie, Papa, Delta Uniform, Echo. You cannot classify the casualty. Until you complete your testing. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Yo, <laughs> yo, you. I'm not sure about that. Echo, stop. 
Anyways. You cannot say that word, Jax. We've talked about that. Okay, my bad. Elephant. Can you please Elmo. repeat the question? You are determining the casualty's level of responsiveness. The okay. casualty tells you that he has been shot in his leg and that he is in pain. How would you classify the casualty on the AVPU scale? Okay. Um, well, I'd have to say, hey, that's pretty fucking alert if you can tell me exactly where he's been shot. Excuse your language, sir. Sorry. Yeah, I will have to agree with him there. For his language, yes. Um, in the field, obviously, you're going to be used. Did he answer the question right? Yes. Boo. Refresh. Boo. We're back at a tie. He's and go Dave, Dave jumped in and answered with B for Bravo. Unfortunately, Dave, you'd be wrong. <laughs> that, that is rude, sir. I do not I'm not trying to be rude. I'm, I'm just saying. RX David does not like your response. <laughs> RX David, um, I'll I'll add you in for sure. Right. If you want right. in on the competition, I can add you. He in said, "Wow, look what you did!" Yeah, I know. I didn't mean I didn't mean to upset him. I'll add him in for sure for point wise for next week's competition, and he can start now. G three. I'm going to pull up. You're upsetting the viewers, Jax. Huh? That's unconstitutional. You can't be upsetting the viewers. You know what? You want to know what's constitutional? I have the right to free speech, and you know what that's protected by? Negative. No, you don't. Not if the left has anything to say about it. Let's continue. Look it up. Let's continue. the left. <laughs> Anywho, we're going to move on to the next question for G3. And we're going to go to paragraph 2-7 for context. Move the casualty to safety. After you have taken measures to control major hemorrhaging, you should seek safe cover for you and the casualty. If the casualty cannot move on his own, or needs assistance, use a manual drag or carry. Some examples of manual drags and carries are given below, which we've talked about in the past. Okay. So, with that being said, once you and the casualty are in a safe location, you have moved from the care under fire phase to the tactical field care phase. We'll move to lesson nine later, but it does say move to lesson nine for additional info on drags, manual carries, and drag equipment. But for this lesson, A, drags. Drags are usually used to move a casualty quickly for a short distance. You have the one-person drag, which means you grab the drag hold on your battle buddy's plate carrier, and you move them that way. Just with one person. Now you have the two-person drag where you and another battle buddy drag the casualty out of harm's way with their drag handle on their plate carrier. And then you have 
figure two, three, which would be the cradle drop, scooping them up under both of their armpits and dragging them out of the way. You also have the hawse carry, which is their arm over one shoulder, moving them out. One person support carry where they can still walk, but you have their arm over your shoulder. Modified two person, uh, four and F carry, which is legs and double arm carry. And then the two person support carry where they can still walk, but you got two battle buddies on one side for each end. So one person on the left, one person on the right, and you're moving them out. So that was two seven question 13 so question 13 says a casualty has been shot in his left foot but can still hop on his right leg which of the following should you use to move the casualty to safety alpha cradle drop drag bravo neck drag charlie support carry or delta whichever is the safest for you and the casualty While we're waiting for uh, G3's response, I do want to say thank you, everybody, for jumping in and posting a bunch of comments and interacting with the uh, the game we've got going. We really appreciate it. Oh, we got two answers. E3 says B as his answer, and RX Dev David, excuse me, says Delta. Okay. Unfortunately, G3, as much as I love you, brother, your answer, again, unfortunately, was wrong. RX David, 86, I'm going to add you in right oh, now while we're doing this. Got a point. No, I, I have to. RX David is right on this. So, let's see. Well, it was RX David. Because he would have been negative one point. RX and David. he got that one right now, zero. Yep. So, it was RX David, eight, six. He would be at zero. Yep. That is correct. Well... Safety first. I like it. Yep. That wraps up the CLS training portion for today. Thank you guys for jumping in, making comments, making the game fun. Uh, we do intend on doing this every single Saturday for the next 15 weeks. Um, and then, of course, I, I've come to a, a new decision on uh, if I win, who's going to have to uh, do something. It's definitely going to be Griff. Got to be Griff. Instead of the beard, I'll protect the beard but the mustache has got Wait, to one go. more time what was that completely bald razor shaved bald <laughs> oh hell yeah i'd rock that i might even get a tattoo there. oh dude tell I'm me about excited. it I, i'm thinking of getting rid of mine so that's my plan if i win just be prepared i kind of uh, want you to win now well dude 15 weeks from now Sounds like uh, springtime, which means, oh, even better if we can make this happen. 
that's around the time me and Jacks were talking about me flying out there, which means oh, the boy, I yeah. might be showing up with clippers. I'll let you borrow my clippers. Even better. I, I got like too. I mean, whatever way we want to do this. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to move right into the next topic. Thank you guys for commenting. We greatly appreciate that. Um, we are going to move into the shout outs and sponsors. First shout out I want to give is to Controlled Pair Munitions, 7350 West Cheyenne Avenue, Suite 106, local gun shop in Vegas. I'm there on Sundays and Mondays. You can come on down. You can uh, hang out, talk, look at guns, buy guns and accessories. And uh, yeah, I would definitely enjoy spending some time with uh, my local viewers. So shout out to Controlled Pair Munitions. My second shout out is going to go to Wendy from Sight Shooter. That is SightShooter.com. She is a supporter through Patreon and helps keep our show going. So big shout out to her. She's a instructor out here in Vegas. Um, she does teach a bunch of different classes. We've had her on in a previous live stream, and uh, we're looking to get her on to another show soon. Um, we'll have updates for that. And then uh, last shout out I want to make is for TACPAC. It's a monthly subscription service, which next week I believe me and Griff will both do uh, the unbox for January's box, I'll say. Yeah, January's box um, and show off what we got. Um, oh, you can use my code SC Tactical to receive a free mystery grab bag. That'll give you some extra gear on your first purchase of your TAC pack. And uh, I think Griff might have gotten a, uh, a different box than I did. Or maybe his. And uh, yeah, I'm done with my shout outs. If you would like to go ahead, Mr. Griff. All right. Uh, well, I just want to quickly say you'd have to send me a list of what came in this month's tag pack because I've already opened it and done stuff with everything. So it's kind of all over the house. Anyways, I'd like to That's shout fun. out, as I always do, G3 Survival at G3Survival.com. Oh, well, Whoa. we just lost Griff, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, finish that for him, being as I do have oh, a surprise back. for you all. Uh, He's oh. back. Yep. Anyways, that that was awfully weird. Um, <clears throat> if you're in the market for mag wraps, uh, handguard wraps, handle wraps for both your rifles and handguns, uh, cheek wells, finger loops, what have you, we are always working on new designs. Designs either I've personally come up with or G3 has contracted me for. I make 99% of the tooling he uses to bring you your products. And just as Jax was about to say, we do have a surprise for you. So, Jax, take her away. Indeed. So, first thing I want to shout out is G3. We do have a tab on our website for him. So not only can you get his merchandise at g3survival.com, but you can also get some of his gear that is currently up on our website at sincitytactical.xyz. 
or Sin City Tactical MN.XYZ. You go down to the G and we currently have some select items up. We are in the works of getting more up there for you. But we are now partnered with G3, so shout out to him. And don't worry about what website you get it from because it's made here in the USA. Again, Griff does the tooling for all the designs you see. So whatever product is coming to you when you order it, whether it's off G3 or our website is coming from G3 himself. So a big shout out to him. Pleasure to have him working with the Sin City Tactical brand and can't wait to get more up on our website. Secondly, I do want to go ahead and shout out Wendy again from Sight Shooter. She did go ahead and follow the Minnesota division of Sin City Tactical. We had her on a previous episode. Can't wait to have her back. She did answer a lot of great questions. So, you know, it, it's going to be awesome for uh, the fans to interact with her that watch the show. Before I get into the last couple things I want to shout out, I want to go ahead and just touch on what G3 said here real quick. Do not, and I repeat, do not go to g3's etsy site because they have been demonetizing and taking down some of the merchandise he had up there for ridiculous reasons that make no sense and kind of sensitizing his products so do not go to etsy because etsy is a hoe um yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that per g3's words there yeah now, moving forward, I want to go ahead and shout out TACX Pro Gear. You've seen the ankle holster, the belly band, the inside the waistband mag holder that I have. Great company. Glad we have the ambassadorship through them. Use the code OVERLANDER25, and you can get 15% off your purchases at NationalConcealedCarryAssociation.com or 25% off your... TACX Pro Gear stuff. So with that being said, the last thing I do want to shout out is the new updated website for the Minnesota division. Not only do we have the defund shirts back up with the new logo, but we decided to do some work in G3. Don't take it the wrong way, brother, but I did kind of play off your Parabellum idea. We came up with a shirt with our logo on it in Minnesota with the Parabellum over the top of the Sin City Tactical logo. And for those of you that don't know what Parabellum means in Latin, it means prepare for war. We do have the Minnesota Overlander green up as well as the original Sin City Tactical red version of the Parabellum shirt up as well. I am going to go ahead right now on live stream and give Wes full um, reign to go ahead and create the red with the original logo for Sin City Tactical. But we also have a throwback to the Minnesota Overlander shirt up with the Sin City Tactical MN division wrapped around it so you guys can still get the original logo. So... Don't think that it's gone. It hasn't went away. 
we still run the Overlander Green for the Minnesota Division of Sin City Tactical. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. We came up with this for the main reason of combining everything into one, like we've said before. And I personally feel like it was a smart thing to do with what we had at that time. However, again, I, as we're showing the site here, I do want to shout out Nevada's Division of Sin City Tactical has the Sheepdog shirt out. So are you going to be a sheep or you're... Come on. We're going to leave it at that because I think everybody knows what I'm touching on. They have the Overlander green and the Nevada red going on. So there's some new merch up there for you guys. Check it out. I know I personally will have some time this week and even tonight after the show to work on some more merchandise with Wes. And we will go ahead and move on forward with the show. Yes, good old defund and and Antifa shirts. Absolutely. Uh, looks like Griff is having some technical difficulties. He's jumping in and out, and uh, I don't think his camera is working. So, oh, and we need him for the next segment. Oh, there we go. Boom. I can see him. There he is. Man, that was scary. Oh, boy. So, uh, I'm guessing we're on EDC How and Why. Yes, sir. Indeed. Oh, boy. All right. So going forward, the easy how and why segment will be prefaced with a title. Today's title is Pocket Litter, Very Utilitarian Necessities. What I mean by that is carrying the bare minimum and making sure everything has a purpose. Uh, much like uh, when it comes to computers or even your guns. There's a thing called feature group, feature creep, where let's add this, let's add this, and so on and so forth until eventually I'm carrying around the darn toolbox. Now, just for example, I brought in my regular pocket litter that I always carry with me. So I have my wallet here, my defensive knife which eventually down the line, I will talk about the differences between a defensive and utility knife. I always keep a zippo on me. I'm not a smoker myself, but you never know uh, if you ever have to start a fire or maybe there's a cute person across the bar that's trying to light their smoke. You know, that's your uh, icebreaker. And then also my pen. Everything has a purpose, if not multiple purposes. Much like my pen here, this can always be used as an impromptu impact device. Uh, same thing with my lighter, my wallet, things like that. The other thing, too, is if you start walking around with a bunch of crud in your pockets, not only will it hamper everything in your day-to-day -day life, 
but growing up in a less than safe environment, being where we're located, you usually see people walk around with huge pockets. They're more likely targets. Uh, hey, though, that person over there has a huge pocket, probably a lot of cash or huge phone. I want to steal that. Uh, I always like to prepare my equipment the same way I like to go through my tactics and through my life. You know, just keep it simple, stupid, and keep everything purposeful. Absolutely. So, I like that. I like that, having everything with a purpose when it's on you. I mean, I'll give you kind of an example of like EDC. Oh, I don't have my belt on me. Wait. Oh, here's my belt. As you'll see on here, this is a Groove Life belt. So it's the magnetic hook belt. It's a good gun belt, too. It looks kind of fancy. So if you had to wear dress pants or something, you can get away with that. As you can see, it stretches, but it doesn't fold this way very easily. I have to really crunch it to get it to go. So it's very, very rigid when it comes to vertical, um, but it stretches, which is nice. I keep my little clinch pick on there, which is nice. And then this also holds up my double mag pouch. Um, what do you call it? Paddle holster. Yep. And <clears throat> my competition style holster for my SIG. Also, well, I converted this to a paddle. It wasn't originally a, a paddle holster. I had to make it a paddle holster. Um, and I'm glad that I did because, like I said, I prefer paddles over um, belt loops and stuff like that. I think the next holster I'm going to look into getting is like a uh, a drop-down like thigh rig safari land with like a, a light or something like that that I can mount on the bottom like Streamlight or something like that. So, mm. But for now, this is fantastic. Works very well with that belt. Doesn't pull my pants down. And that's a big gun. If you haven't seen a Sig Sauer uh, P320X5, I'm not cool. I don't have the Legion, but I do have the X5 model. It's a big gun. That is a very mm -hmm. big gun. And when you're carrying 22 rounds, one in the chamber, one, uh, 21 in the mag, in the gun, and then another 42 on your other hip, that's a lot of weight. And I wear it all day long at the gun shop. So anybody who's a local wants to come down and check that out, um, you can come down and see literally the amount of weight that's being carried on that belt. Groove Life belts are like 50, 60 bucks, something like that on Amazon. Um, they're actually really nice. I love it. That's my favorite belt. I'm so glad that I got that for my birthday. Shout out to Jonna. She got me that. So, yay me. Indeed. And I, I do have a few rebuttals here. And mm -hmm. we can talk about it more offline, but I found a holster, Wes, that might fit you for appendix carrying which I'll show you offline and we can talk about for sure next week more in depth yeah. if that's something you're interested in. 
But when it comes to everything having a purpose, what's up? It's not an urban holster, right? No, no. Because I don't recommend those. Like we said multiple times on this show before, we are not going to censor our comments. If I don't like your product, I'm going to tell you I don't like your product. They, to me, false advertisement. Okay? I'm a bigger guy. Anybody who knows me in person knows that, obviously. I am a bigger guy. They directly show in videos of usage with the holster, big guy friendly, sits below the waistband, sits down low where your pocket is. You can sit down and draw from sitting down, and you know you can draw by pulling through your shirt and da-da-da-da-da. Bullshit. Excuse my language. Shit ain't a bad word, YouTube or Facebook, whatever. I'm telling you, that is not true. If you're If you're a bigger guy... It don't work like they advertise, and I've had the gun get stuck. I've had issues with it actually drawing, and then the weight of the damn thing uh, pulls your damn pants down, dude. No. Sorry. Rant over. Don't like that holster. Oh, no. You're good, bro. I mean, I, I don't disagree with it. We have had the conversation about the urban carry, and for a while there, I did think that that was a halfway decent platform until I met you, obviously. And we've had discussions and, you know, obviously for the situation that you bought the holster for does not work. However, the holster I'm talking about, I've seen a video on and the guy is a heavier set of dude and he personally uh, designed this holster with a manufacturing company after he had so many orders come in that he just couldn't keep up with and before i announce who that is i will definitely have that in the next episode so i have that out on the list but i'll touch base with the offline about that and send that your way because i think that might be something that would make appendix carrying a little easier for you Absolutely. now with keeping everything with the purpose, this is something I kind of threw together today. And this is something me and Griff even kind of talked about a little bit when we were first throwing together bug out bags and EDC bags and things of that nature. You know those old pill bottles that you get from Walgreens? Mine, I personally like to save them, throw matches in them with just a little bit of kindling and the striker granted i do have the 550 cord thing going on but let's say i'm in a situation where i forget this at home i don't have my edc bag on me and this is the only thing i have it keeps your matches waterproof dried bada bing bada boom you have some kindling to get a small fire going right off the bat now the second thing and this is something that's still coming your way brother but when we're talking about belts let me grab it here right quick to show them i show them the one i got on but it definitely has <laughs> so the one coming your way is the green darker od style Sweet. Now, the reason I say that is you obviously have the quick detach buckle. 
which is nice for many different situations, whether it be you just got to, you know, drop the belt and get rid of some weight or your stomach's not exactly agreeing with you and you got to get your pants open quick enough. <laughs> um, however, the nice part about this belt is it does come with a Velcro carabiner. Now, I am going to send you it with the ring because I don't know how many key rings you got and what you're trying to run for it. So just kind of an extra added thought there. For mine, I keep my car keys separate, 50 BMG, and my house key in that. However, oh, freezing. Well, I'm going to... Try to keep on rolling here. So, with mine, I keep my toolbox keys, my bike lock key, just because, you know, in the summertime, I do like to go for a nice bike ride and try to get some exercise in. I have my main gun safe key, as well as another tactical gear item, which I'll get further into depth on the key. So I keep all that on and I attach it to the belt that I'm going to be sending west. And personally, in my opinion, it works out great. I, at the end of the day, take both of my car keys and that set. I throw it up on my printer here in my studio and call it a night. And then the next morning, Get up, throw all of it back on, and boom, it's right there. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Greatly appreciate it, man. Um, definitely add a new belt to my arsenal. Um, I told you about those Cobra buckles. I, I like them. I just have never had um, a Cobra buckle. I figured that it would be nice, so I'm looking forward to that. So thank you. And uh, there's your 2A TACX Pro Gear mug. That's pretty cool. Oh, by the way, shout out to the peoples. Uh, we yes, will have tactical coffee mugs and tumblers up soon and MN Division mugs too. So stay tuned for that stuff. We are going to have Griff wrap it up with our patriotic message. Well, for our, patri for our patriotic message for the week, you know, let's just keep this short and sweet. We've had a pretty long show. And just say, God bless the USA. If it wasn't for this great country, we wouldn't have these amazing opportunities that all of us are being presented. Absolutely. Agreed. All right, guys. We're going to leave you with Reno May. Stay safe. Stay dangerous. Peace out.